checking is good. All right, three, two, one. The LX10 or LX15 for those in some markets. It's a compact one inch point and shoot camera designed for prosumers, featuring a super fast 1.4 aperture with some, I'm not gonna, Three, two, one. The LX10 or LX15 for those in some markets is a what compact. The LX10 or LX15 for those in some markets is a compact one inch point and shoot camera designed for prosumers, featuring a super fast 1.4 inch. Um, Read it, Chris. Don't go off script. Could be very technical. The LX10 or LX15 for those in some markets is a compact one inch point and shoot camera designed for prosumers, featuring a super fast 1.4 aperture with some quality glass on an optical three times zoom of 24 to 72 millimeter. The camera's good, great, and annoying. Why? Stay tuned. I featured a while ago I featured a while back an unboxing and first impressions of this camera. So please click up here if you want to check that out. But today I'm going to give you my final verdict after using it for more than nine months. This model has been on the market for about two years now and has still been sold by Panasonic in its compact series of cameras. Purchased with my own money for about $700, it can be still found for a similar price. So look around because you could see it for like $850. For up-to-date pricing, check below. That will keep it real good. First up, the aperture and its multi-control ring is great, but I must admit that I tend not to use it enough. Plus, being so compact, it's hard to differentiate between the front dial and this one, and you end up inadvertently adjusting anything but the aperture. At its widest, the 1.4 aperture produces a really pleasing depth of field, which will make your pictures and video stand out. The zoom is okay, and you could do better from some other ca cameras like Panic. The zoom is okay, and you could find a better spread from Panasonic or the newer Sony RX100 Model 6, but for general use, I found it to work for me. 
The equivalent lens position is noteworthy, especially for those who, like me, will primarily use it for video. First, the one-inch sensor coupled with this lens means that your field of view is actually quite narrow. At its widest, I found myself uncomfortably close to the camera. So check out how close I am now. Yeah, with optics being what they are, it can result in objects not necessarily appearing as though they truly are. Vox did a great video on this, so I'll link it up there. Second, when you use 4K, the image is cropped, so that in 24mm suddenly zooms into about 37 or so. Not a problem if you're shooting normally, but in selfie mode, yikes, too close, too close man, back off! Where was I? Fixed by purchasing either a selfie stick, no, just no, or a Manfrotto Pixie, or just shoot vlog stuff in 1080. Yeah, that was better. Optically, I found images to be pretty clean with very little distortion at the edges and no aberrations or color shifts. A great result from one of the cheaper cameras in this segment. That sensor produces a 20.1 megapixel still image, as well as a very good 1080p or 4K. I found colors can be pleasing and sometimes a little bit saturated for my liking, but the feature I purchased this camera for, and a highlight, is its video capabilities. In 4K, you can record at 100 megabits per second, 30p in MPEG-4 AVC HD formats with AAC sound recording. Basically, that's like high quality video specs. Any memory card? Any memory card you have will quickly fill up if you use this resolution. Stepping down from that, you can shoot in 25 or 24p, then shift into 1080, either 60 or 50 frames per second at 28 megabits per second. And of course, 30 or 25p, and when you want 100 frames per second even. It's a good tip to ensure that you've got good light if you do do this, because those slow motion shots, they, read the script. When you're using 100 frames per second, a good tip is to ensure that you've got good light for slow motion shots. When used, it doesn't record audio and grain is increased by the camera, so compensating for that lack of light coming into the sensor. Battery life is very good. The 600 milliamp hour battery allows for a good one hour plus of video recording. I never found its limit when doing just photography, which on a tour of Melbourne with my daughter for a night shoot meant that I didn't get worried about the battery dying on me. Plus, an added bonus, 
third-party manufacturers produce some great products at a fraction of the price of Panasonic's. Firing up the LX10 is fast and the video capture within a few seconds is possible, but a big drawback during video capture is autofocus. As seen here, what I find happens is that it hunts despite the clear subject taking up most of the frame, or it struggles to find focus. I've played around with a lot of different settings to try to find the right balance between performance and guaranteed results, but you know what? On advice from a friend, Hi Andrew. I've since turned autofocus off to camera. Work like this. I've since turned... So going for a hi Andrew. I've since turned autofocus off for to camera work like this. I simply can't trust to hold focus. Disappointing. Yeah. My other dislike of this camera is it's really bad microphones. For general capture out on the street, they're okay. But in the studio setting like this, they're terrible. You can clearly hear the difference. With no audio track input, sorry, with no audio jack input, you're stuck with what the camera has to deliver. So my workaround is to either use external mics like this on my lapels, and then I sync them in post. Messy? Yep. So. Come on Panasonic. But of these few disappointments, I still like how easy it is to capture video with the 180 degree flippable screen. At 1 million dot resolution with touch focus, that gorgeous picture can clearly be seen even in direct sunlight. Or if you need to work at a distance from the camera, you can use its built-in Wi-Fi mode and image app on your phone to perform all functions remotely after 10 minutes away. Impressive. Do that. Again, I can't do it here. Impressive. Recording lens are never an issue. Hey, Sony, pick up your game. In 1080 mode, it will keep going until you run out of memory card. Space for recordings uh, is okay. Uh, what it does, it breaks into 15 minute blocks and there's no overeating. <coughs> recording limbs are never an issue. Hey, Sony, pick up your game. In 1080 mode, it will just keep recording until you run out of memory card. Same too for 4K recordings, but weirdly it breaks them into 15 minute blocks. No overheating, no pauses, no doubts. Very happy. On the picture side of things, the camera sports 5-axis image stabilization, traditional manual controls, 4K photos, post photos. <laughs> Four K photo, post focus, and photo stacking modes. Image quality is very good with color science accurately. Again. 
On the picture side of things, the camera sports 5-axis image stabilization, traditional manual controls, 4K photo, post-focus, and photo stacking modes. Image quality is very good, with color science accurately reproducing what you see is what you get. For me, coming from Sony to Panasonic, I was at first a little put out by this, but thinking of the pictures, they didn't pop like, say, on my Sony A55. And I learned that actually Sony are known for treating the pictures with a warmer, higher contrast picture profile. Whereas Panasonic, they process things a little bit more realistically. You can select from more than six modes, vivid, natural, and play around with that. But in general, I discovered that, oh, hey, I'm recording. You can come in, but you gotta be quiet. Yeah, you sit down there. Don't bump anything, okay? Thanks. See my magic little thing here? Recording right now. Can you see the words? See how they float in space? See that? And you read it. Cool, hey. Alright, you sit down there. You have to train your to read that. <laughs> yep. Takes a lot of practice. And I stuff up a lot. Thinking the pictures didn't pop like they did on my Sony A55, I learned that Sony are known for treating the pictures with a warmer, higher contrast picture profile. Whereas Panasonic, they process things in a more realistic way. You can select from more than six modes like vivid or natural, but in general, I discovered that there was a lot of information in the pics and you could draw it out in post. Dark scenes were easy to shoot due to four, <coughs> see, last stuff up. Dark scenes were easy to shoot due to the fast 1.4 aperture and 1 inch sensor. You can comfortably push the ISO up to 3400 and still produce clean, grain free shots that you'll be proud of. Capable of doing 10 frames per second with a frustrating 12 frame buffer. What? The camera captures pics in both RAW and JPEG formats and it needs a fast 95 megabits per second speed. This buffer is quickly cleared by the camera and it's ready to go very fast as well, but you could use a super high frame mode. <coughs> Oop, see, I guess ahead of me. You could use the super high frame rate of 50 frames per second, but well, just don't. Quality drops to five megabits, JPEG only, and 60 frames maximum. So instead, use the one of the three 4K photo modes, which enables 30 frames per second capture, no length restrictions, and photos come out about eight megabits. As hinted in my as hinted in my intro, this camera is a bit polarizing. It's a use case thing of like you've got a compact camera, which to the untrained eye looks really simple, and there's no professional whatever consider, but you know, it actually packs a lot of great features and it's very customizable. And I don't, I don't like given that you've got a small body. Whoops.
but you know it actually pops but you know it actually is actually very customizable and this is what I don't like given that you've got a small body and you've got so much crammed into it you've only got so many buttons and dials and selectors you've got three programmable function buttons plus another five through the touch screen and it's hard to recall what you may have mapped to one of those buttons so I tend to shoot and pass them anyway and I don't use one of those 24 scenes like nightscapes, glittering illuminations, portrait and beautifying modes, no, even food modes. I think Panasonic knows their market, right? So don't get me wrong, it's very customizable and the video modes of the presets, you can like move between different, um, for goodness sake, I'm making it up. I have a script for a reason, Caitlin, so I say the right thing. It takes a lot of practice, you know? Right, here we go. So don't get me wrong, the customizable features in the video mode with three quick presets for changing settings makes workflows fast and satisfying for most users. For me, I've programmed in these custom settings for three different video modes, from studio, boop, uh, to like 4K and uh, what else? high speed. Yeah, very good Panasonic. For something that is relatively small and compact at just 105 millimeters high, oops, start again. Almost finished. For something which is relatively small and compact at just 105mm wide, 60mm high and 42mm deep, weighing just 400 grams, this camera packs way above its small size. Coming from DLSR, which is previously like a real joy to use, but lumping that thing around at over a kilogram, I'll think twice before bringing it. Whereas now I have no qualms. As Chase Jarvis would say, the best camera is the one that you have with you. Picture quality is great. Video is even better, minus the autofocus issue. Battery life also excellent for such a compact device. When compared to Canon or Sony, when compared to Canon or Sony similar products with identical feature lists, and they are a little bit smaller, you've got to be really hard pressed to try and beat this price. So my final verdict is excellent, and you should buy it. My verdict, an excellent product worthy of your coin. So what do you think? Let me know below. I'd like to hear your comments. If you haven't already, consider subscribing, turn on those notifications, and so what did you think? Ah, ah. Oh, start with the beginning. All right, fine. Just leave that there. So, what did you think? So, do you have one? Do you have a Sony or a Canon? Let me know your... So, what do you think? Do you have a Sony or a Canon or even the Panasonic? Let me know your thoughts. I'd like to hear from you. Put them down below. And if you haven't already, consider subscribing whilst you're there. I upload every Wednesday and Friday and there's a podcast available everywhere. And hey, 
If you haven't already, stay techy. That's it. Techie? Yeah, techy. It says I can make nothing. <laughs>